0: Hey there, thank you so much for joining us today. This is a special simulcast edition of Zoom into Books with Headline Books and the Big Time Talker podcast, which is available for subscription everywhere. iHeartMedia, Google, Apple iTunes. You can download it wherever. Fine podcasts are offered up and listen every week to the Big Time Talker podcast, brought to you in part by SpeakerMatch.com, the world's largest online virtual speakers bureau if you're a platform speaker or you're a meeting planner, in person meetings are coming back in 2022. Speakers, meeting planners, find one another at speakermatch.com. Today's guest is brand new author, Lisa Foster. But just because she's a brand new author, that doesn't mean she's a, a Johnny or a Johnette come lately. She is a, a big time business executive, but she's known as the bag lady in the industry. Why is she the bag lady? Well, that's what we're here to find out. My new friend, Lisa Foster, joins us from Martha's Vineyard today. Okay, you don't look like on the screen a bag lady. Your publicity pictures don't look like you're a bag lady, but in fact, you're carrying a green bag and the book comes out on Earth Day. So Lisa Foster, what's the story? I have a feeling this all ties in together somehow.
1: Well, I think it does, Burke. Thanks for having me. Um, You know, I'm changing the meaning of what a bad lady is. Um, and I was not the kind of bad lady you might think of at first, but I dedicated myself to changing the way America shops. Specifically, I changed the way, I changed the kind of grocery bags we use. I dedicated myself to bringing reusable bags to the US. And when I started this in 2005, Global warming was kind of a fringe idea wasn't really very accepted here in the United States, there were no reusable bags. Um, The number of people who use reusable bags in the US at that time was 3% and I was told that number had not changed since the 70s and they didn't expect it to change in the next 50 years.
0: So how did you get the idea to do reusable bags? Because that's kind of the thing now, at least where I live in Northern Virginia, the Washington, D.C. suburbs, people bring their own bags now. As a matter of fact, my local retail chain here, Giant, started charging people a nickel, a plastic bag if you still want to use plastic bags this year. So where did this idea come from for you?
1: So that legislation, um, I I think there's legislation in Maryland. I don't know about in Washington, but I know in Maryland there's there's legislation for five cents. And they collect that and use that those funds to clean up the environment because all right, how I found this was in Australia. My husband had a project in Australia in 2005 and we went down there. I took family leave from my job. I was an English teacher and I'd never really been a stay-at-home mom before. And I wasn't sure what to do with myself. I started making friends down there and I said, what is the deal with all the reusable bags? And they said, well, the government did a study. So I took a look at this study and I started to realize that these bags, we throw them away, but they don't go away, right? That is the beginning of a very long life cycle for them. So at the time the U S was using about a billion bags a day.
0: A billion, a billion with a B and that's in 2005, you say,
1: wow, that's correct. Okay. Right? And that happens one consumer, one transaction, one bag at a time. Stores were giving out an average of 10 bags per person per week. So if you figure there's two people in your household, that's, you know, that's 20 bags a week, right? It's 520 bags a year for one person, over a thousand bags for two people, for a family of four, 2,000 bags. This starts to add up very, very quickly because we all go to the grocery store. Everybody needs to shop for food. Sure. Um, So these billion bags, we use them for about 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes, and then we throw them away. Well, a third of them escape plastic, escape our garbage collection efforts. We think we throw them away, but they blow right out of our trash cans on the curb even in front of our house. As the trash truck comes over and empties it into the belly of of that truck, Those bags are so light, they fly right out, they fly right out of landfill, even if they make it there and into our environment. So when you're talking about a third of them and a billion bags a day, we're talking about two billion bags into our environment every week. And what happens to them, right? We've seen them wafting along over the roadways and fogging the gutters and hanging on trees, right? Sure. The, The elements, when they're exposed to the elements, They begin to break down into little pieces. It's still plastic. It's just smaller and smaller pieces of plastic. It gets into our waterways, our gutters, our rivers, empties out into the ocean. Currently, the estimates are that we are, um, we're putting a dump truck's worth of plastic into the ocean worldwide every minute.
0: So I think, Lisa, most people who are watching and listening right now, are probably, you know, if they have a lick of common sense, they got to be on your side in this because it's just obvious. This is bad news for the environment. But what I think fascinates me about your story, and Lisa Foster, by the way, is our guest today. Her book is Bag Lady, how I started a business for a greener world and changed the way America shops. What I think will fascinate uh, most folks who are here is the fact that you saw this sort of big social injustice that had snuck up on us all nobody planned this, but you're an English teacher. How did, how did you make that turn to turn this into a business? That's fascinating to me because you're, you're doing well by doing good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I was a happy English teacher. I love talking about books and I wasn't sure I could be an entrepreneur. I just saw this opportunity and I thought I could I could be the one to bring this to the United States. And and it really hit my moral center. I felt like it was a moral imperative. Um, And I really did it by hook and by crook. One (laughs) of the things I think I did right was I asked all my friends and a lot of my friends said, hey, I know my cousin is a uh, a business analyst or he's he's really great at business. He advises other people. And I went to talk to people's husbands and people's cousins and, you know, my friends around here and they all gave me tips and I listened when they gave me good advice. I actually listened. And one guy said, you know, if this is going to work, it's going to be a tipping point strategy. And this is a book by Malcolm Gladwell. And he says, you need three things, a sticky idea. And I thought, well, it was sticking in Australia. It was sticking in Ireland. Maybe it'll stick here. Those, cultures are not so different than ours sure Um, you need super connectors i was like i don't know how that works you know and then you need a culture change and i was like well i don't know if i have super connectors and i don't know if the culture is ready but if priuses are going to the oscars maybe maybe the culture is getting ready so I found a supplier in China who has become one of my best friends. I love her. We're still good friends today. Um, And she did an amazing job. I really told her from the beginning, I wanted a well-made bag. I wanted quality and ethics. I didn't want to just be a race to the bottom company. I wanted to have the best bags. Um, So I started sourcing bags. I started pitching, cold calling on the staircase Behind the English Department building, overlooking the faculty parking lot, and I hit a hockey stick curve. I I sold two hundred and fifty thousand bags, a quarter of a million bags. My first year cold calling, I sold two million bags the next year, and I sold eight million bags the next year. It was just hang on to your hat. In the first few years, I sat down at my desk every single day. I did quit teaching. Um, and wrote orders as fast as I could write them and got very good at global logistics, supply chain, um, managing key accounts. And I kept going after bigger and bigger accounts. And it just built.
0: That's a big leap for somebody to take, from being an English teacher, to thinking you can change the culture of the world. And surely at some point, Lisa, somebody looked at you and said... (laughs) Dag Nabbit, lady, your cheese has done slid off your cracker. You must have been told you're nuts at some point and to give this up, right?
1: Absolutely. I was told, I was told this will never work. Yeah. Americans will never bring their bags back to the store. They will never pay for a bag. I had people from Safeway tell me that. I got to Safeway. The buyer was terrific. She says, no, this isn't going to work. Our people aren't going to do it. I got to people in the South. They said. We love your bag, but we don't think our our people are going to pay for a bag. But I had gone to all my friends. I was obsessed by this issue. Really, it was a moral imperative. And I, I kept talking about it. One of my friends just said, Lisa, we don't have to do anything. You have to do this. You're obsessed. Just do it. And I said, fine. It was almost a dare. You know, just do it. And I just started. And that little toehold just blossomed. Like, I was just at the right place at the right time. I just had started getting some bags out there when Al Gore released an inconvenient truth. And suddenly, global warming was on everybody's mind. It wasn't and so
0: fringy after that, right? It, it became sort of more of a mainstream idea. Look, this is a real thing. Yeah, um, Lisa Foster is exactly. our guest. The book is Bag Lady. And she is the lady that writ large is sort of responsible for this movement that's going through America in in cities and towns, big and small, where they're no longer giving you the plastic bag, or they're saying plastic or paper, or they're kind of giving you the side eye if you ask for the plastic these days. Um, What were some of the big obstacles and challenges that you had to overcome to make this work? Because I'm sure there's going to be uh, you know, an entrepreneur listening or watching right now, watching on social media, listening to our podcast, who's going, man, that's an amazing idea. But, but so what were some of the big buts that came along?
1: Yeah, there were, there were plenty of moments that were really, really difficult. So the first time, you know, was hitting a hockey stick curve. It sounds like a great thing. Oh, you sold a quarter million, two million, eight million. Well, you're just cranking out money. Well, let me tell you, it funding that there is a gap you have to pay for the product then you have to deliver it and then they pay you 30 days later there is a lot of things you have to fund just to start delivering on that um and that was my first big um real challenge was the cash flow the cash
0: flow of the thing yeah
1: the cash flow just understand i'll tell you when i started I couldn't have told you what cash flow was, right? <laughs> um, but one week at the end of my first year, I got two purchase orders for 100,000 bags. Now I knew what they were each, right? So that was 200,000 bags in a week.
0: Were you set up to be able to crank out 200,000 bags?
1: No, I, I mean, I didn't know. And I, but I had <laughs> been talking to my supplier. We had done, she knew, I knew what the price was going to be for me. I knew what the production line was going to be production time. Um, She was ready to crank them out. And I just said, all I had to do was sell it. And I had, but I did have to finance. I had to buy them from her. And then I wasn't going to get paid for two or three months, but I also knew at that point, my my sales doubled again. And so I did, you know, when I first started my company to get that first load of bags, I went to my husband and I asked him for $5,000 and I said, I, I, I promise, I, I don't know if I'll make any money, but I'm going to promise not to lose any. And I really watched very carefully my expenses. But when I came to him with what I needed to finance a quarter of a million bags, he was, it was not so cute anymore, right? It is a big investment. Sure, um,
0: five grand is a lot day, of money. And, and, and I'm assuming that at that point in your life, and, and I won't put words in your mouth, that may have been a really hard ask for you to go to your husband and ask for that. Oh, it
1: took me a week even to get the courage to go to him. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And I thought about going to the bank, but I just didn't have the courage. Right. And I think a bank would have loaned it to me. Right. If I didn't have, but I said to him, let's, let's put our, our funds into it, like bank on me. And then we won't pay interest. Like we get the benefit of everything. Right. Just I'm, I'm asking you to invest in me. And, um, he took a couple days to think about it, but he always believes in me. He's like my biggest supporter. Um, I don't think I could do it if he didn't really believe in me, but um, we support each other. And that's been a really, really important part of why I succeeded is you've got to have people who believe in me.
0: Lisa Foster is our guest today on the Big Time Talker podcast and Zoom into books. Her new book, Bag Lady, hits stores everywhere and you can order it online. Uh, Earth Day, which is April the 22nd. Is that right?
1: That's correct. Coming
0: up, what a great story! Um, how much of it, Lisa? As you look back on it now, um, was it driven by your sort of moral outrage of seeing what this was doing to the environment, versus your "ooh, I can make money with this"? What's the balance there on the scales of justice?
1: You know, look, I, I, I said. I'm not going to lose money, but I did tell my husband, I, I expect I'll double my salary, my teacher's salary. So I, I, I wanted to get paid, right. I needed to get paid. I need to be financially responsible. Like I I just can't be irresponsible. I can't just go willy nilly throwing money around and not get paid for it. Right. But actually the money was zero motivator for me. It was actually zero. I, and, but I will say that at first it was moral outrage, but as I began to build this team, right? I had a team in China that was make, churning out literally millions of dolls, right? And then I had a team of people who imported and trucked it. And I had customers that I really had developed relationships with. And that took me months to really get them to do that kind of ordering where they're ordering a hundred thousand at a time. You need to get to know that buyer. Um, sure. And and I, I had people working for me. And after a while, you start working for your team, right? You're not, I can't let those people down. I, at, at the height of my business, I was probably supporting three or four, maybe 500 families, right? And wow. they're putting food on the table, trucking bags from here to there, or people in China selling my products. They're putting food on the table for their kids. Um, you start really paying attention when you're responsible for people's lives and livelihoods, right? So that becomes its own motivation to keep this going, because we're all doing well. the The environment is doing better. Businesses are changing their business model. People are using these, and they're happier. They're better for consumers. they're not, stacking up all these bags in their in their cupboards, right? I had a friend call me up and say, my house has never been cleaner. Like I'm so happy. It smells less less like
0: plastic now. Thanks to you, Lisa Foster, the world smells less like plastic.
1: We have less plastic. I mean one of those reusable bags can replace a thousand single use plastic bags. A thousand. So the whole thing from that billion bags a day went way, way down right? We can really, you know, what they call turn off the tap on plastics by reusing them, not throwing away a water bottle, not throwing away, you know, those type not throwing away all this plastic, but invest in reusables that serve us well for a while. We don't need to, t- to throw a lot of that away.
0: The book is called Bag Lady. The author is our guest today, Lisa Foster, and she's the lady responsible for uh, the big decrease in plastic bag usage in grocery stores here in America. Um, If you've got a question for Lisa and you're you're watching, it's live online right now, send it over and we'll be happy to pose the question to her. You talked about in the beginning, this kind of took off like a shot. You know, lots of entrepreneurs, they struggle along, they lose money for the first year or two. If they're lucky enough to stay in, they break even in the next couple of years and eventually we get to turn a profit. This happened pretty quick for you But there had to be, I would think, uh, some pushback from uh, the grocery stores, I'm assuming is who you went to first. Uh, So tell me about that first, I think you said it was a hundred thousand bag order for your reusable bags. How did you land that?
1: You know, it's, it's, this is a funny story, because as I said, I started as a teacher This started to take off. I'm just doing cold calls to small stores. I took, you know, 8,000 bags into my living room and I was Shipping them out to small stores across the U.S. in you know 100, 100 boxes of 100, um, and then it starts to take off. People start calling me. I have a supply chain. I have a website, and then suddenly you know, global warming is a is an idea, and people start thinking reusable bags, and I'm out there. So I decided to quit my job and go full full on into selling bags. And the headmaster of my school calls me in. And uh-oh. I'll tell you, yeah, uh-oh, right? Even for a teacher, when you get called into the headmaster's office.
0: No good could come out of that, Lisa Foster.
1: It's a little scary, I got to tell you. Um, because I was quitting. And he he was so fabulous and so generous. And he said, what's this I hear you're doing? So I gave him my pitch that I'd been giving on the on the staircase. Right. And he said, you know, when you're ready for Ralphs, which is the biggest grocery store chain, now it's COVID, but then it was an independent grocery store chain in Southern California. he said, when you're ready for Ralphs, let me know, because one of the guys in on the Ralphs board sits on my school board. So I put a packet of, I, I put basically a sales kit on his desk three days later when I think about it I shiver a little bit because it looked like an English teacher handout <laughs> there, were, <laughs> there were no images there were too many facts there were just too many words let me just put it that way okay. but um I made a case I put a couple of these bags and in August I got a call from the buyer in Compton I went down there and had a meeting and I thought I had to pitch him, but I realized very quickly he had been told to order bags. and he was just trying to see, as you had said, are you set up to do what we need?
0: Yeah, can you he scale said, it up? Sure.
1: Yeah, and he goes, "Well, are you?" Um, he goes, "Are you an LLC or are you uh, a corporation?" Now, I was neither <laughs> at the time. Made my way through that meeting. And um delivered bags for him. When I delivered those bags the next that was that was in the fall by the time we got it ordered, he got them, put them out around Earth Day in two thousand and six, right when Al Gore's um, movie came out, right? And he called me the next day and ordered double. the next day. And so the did most- the other client who ordered ordered hundred thousand in Denver same thing. They called me the next day. So I went from ordering 200,000 bags to ordering 400,000 bags, you know, really like a half a million bags in a month. Like It was totally, totally insane.
0: Bag Lady is the name of the book. Lisa Foster is the author. The book comes out on Earth Day from John Hunt Publishing and uh, it's division Change Makers Books. And it's a fascinating story about how our guests sort of changed the, the whole way we all shop. As a matter of fact, uh, Kenneth Cole, the famous designer, says of the book, Bag Lady is a great read for somebody starting a business with a purpose. And I think that's exactly what you've done here. With these um, these grocery stores, what, what is the incentive for them to make the change? Uh, because I'm assuming they're, they're sort of taking money away from the plastic bag guy and giving it to, to your company to do the reusable bags. Is the impetus... Uh, because there are now these these social pressures to do it. Is it because the heads of these companies have done research and they see it's what their customers want? Is it uh, you know some personal drive from a board of directors member? What, what's in it for them? Why did they buy into your deal?
1: Well, it is exactly the customer. Look, these stores um, want to be aligned with their customers. What customers want is what they're in business to deliver. Um, so right about the time that I started, I reached out to some of my ent- environmental friends in Los Angeles, because, you know, just like that principle, I had a, a bunch of friends and I was telling my friends at Field the bay and some of the surf rider, all these environmental groups that I was already involved in. I said, you know, what about plastic bags? Have you looked into that? Um, and the city of Santa Monica started, you know, would started charging. They were one of the first in California to start charging for bags. And um, they found out, and and the county started looking into legislation. And they found out very quickly the stores wanted to be aligned with their customers. And these environmental groups were putting out all those remember all those pictures of turtles with the with the rings around their yeah yeah right? yeah
0: yeah absolutely.
1: And the turtle with the straw in his nose, and all of this stuff, right? All what is happening with all this plastic? We got some amazing images and people started to realize what I started this whole conversation with is when we throw that away, there is no way. There is no way. That is mucking up the environment for our whole marine environment, which drives our entire you know ecology. We rely on those oceans. They are three quarters of the earth's surface. Why do we want to put so much trash in there. I don't think
0: we do, right? We need to clean it up. Lisa, the the grocery store that that I go to a lot here, um, uh, they did all plastic, uh, as far as I know, for years and years. And then it's, you know, sort of a paper or plastic. When I was a kid, way back in the ancient days, back in the olden days, it was all paper bags. And then it made the shift to plastic. You said by 2005, we were up to a billion plastic bags being used. but you alluded to the fact that now that reusable bags have come into play from your company, and I'm sure now others, that that number has gone down drastically. Do you have any idea what plastic bag usage looks like now compared to 2005 when when you got this, this crazy idea to be the bag lady?
1: You know, they do not really release that. But I do know that what, what has happened with reusable bag rates, so we can kind of extrapolate from there. So in areas where they have The kind of, you know, paper and plastic charges, five cents or in California now it's 10 cents a bag for paper or plastic because paper also has global warming emissions and a lot of um, impacts on our our environment. So um, reusable bags really reduce all of that. You think one reusable bag makes zero waste for like one or two years, zero, zero. So it's a huge reduction. and. we know nationwide if you average it out, right? It's, it's about 60% of people, of Americans, use reusable bags most of the time when they shop, which is what we want. We don't need people being perfect. We want millions of people doing it imperfectly. If millions of people cut out 80% of their plastic bag use, that's a huge win for the environment. 80% of a billion, right? So it's a lot.
0: Lisa Foster is the author of Bag Lady. And uh, would it be fair to call you an eco-entrepreneur? Because you're, you're doing both, right? You're being environmentally conscious and entrepreneurial.
1: Yeah. And, and how great is that, right? How great is it when we, you know, sometimes people think business is the problem, that business is what's creating our, environment, our environmental problems. But actually, there's an enormous um, movement toward businesses that are sustainable and that do do well by doing good, which is right. you know, what you were saying at the beginning. There, there are there's huge pressure, even in very large places like Walmart and Costco, who are putting in environmental and social goals, right, to create better communities. Because at the end of the day, they want to be. Aligned with their community, and they rely on the community as much as the community relies on them. We have to put business on the same side as people and on the same side as the planet. We have to do this, and there's so many opportunities. Solar so, you is going you're, insane.
0: were you teaching high school English or college? What were you teaching?
1: I was teaching high school English.
0: You're a high school English teacher, <laughs> and you start this company out of kind of nothing until you have to finally knuckle under and, and sweet talk your husband and giving you five grand to make sure you can fulfill an order. <laughs> um, I read that you kept the company for over a decade uh, and then you got out at, at the end, how much did it grow from basically nothing an idea to how big? Um,
1: I'm trying to remember, you know, cause I sold it like five years ago now, but I I will tell you the way I like to measure it is like in terms of what I did. You know, I think about my teacher salary, which I was happy doing. I love that job, right? But I did double my salary within about three years. In fact, most of the time I owned that company, I was making three times my teacher salary. Is
0: that so right?
1: Year wow. after year after year, and then when I sold it, I sold it for about eleven times. Um, what You know, just in in that one day, I, I had a deposit in my bank account that was 11 times what I was making as a teacher. Um, and so it was a pretty good payout.
0: Um, I'd say and, you did all right. And you did something good. I mean, I'm talking to a lady now in Massachusetts who influenced the way I in Virginia and people all over the country grocery shop now. I mean, do you ever think about that, that, that you actually had a part in changing America.
1: You know, it's a cultural thing. It, in a funny way, people always think, you know, oh, she was an English teacher. How could she do this? English teachers think about culture all the time. We think about symbols, right? I knew the plastic bag was a symbol of this throwaway mentality that we had. And I thought, gosh, I'm an English teacher. I know how to talk about symbols. And I really leaned into that storytelling. I talked about reusable bags but it's sad it's a tragedy really if you think about getting people to see how sad it is that they are going up they're ending up in the ocean they're destroying the the environment for these fish and then we're eating the fish come on it's our environment right it's coming back to us um when you see it that way when you see that story and connect the dots of what happens from that plastic bag? And then what's coming back on our place. People see this is something we have to let go. We have to, we can be sad. We can say, all right, that was fun. We had plastic bags for a while and, and we did that, but this is not sustainable. And then I introduced you know, the new hero, the reusable bags. It means no waste for two years. For a store, you still get your logo on it, which is what you want is your logo. You get all the promotion, none of the waste. And they're easier to handle. They hold more. They break less. They last longer. They make no waste. This is a win for business. It's a win for consumers. It's a win for for um, companies and grocery stores. It's just win 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 all around. And um, the only people who are doing less is plastic. And we probably need to do less plastic. So hoping that the plastic companies can find you know ways that they can go green too. Right. That's we hope that they're investing in greener plastic technologies too. That's what we're hoping.
0: There's a great lesson in you too. I think that that we all sometimes feel like we're just a tiny cog in this big old wheel. And what can I, Burke Allen, what can I, Lisa Foster do to, to change anything? If I stop using plastic water bottles, big deal. But in fact, you really can make a big difference and you're a, a real testimony to that. Um, let me ask you one more yeah, question. I will on, the say, on that
1: note, on that yeah. note, let me just say, the little things you do add up to big differences in our um, in our environment. So I really do encourage everyone who's watching, make those little changes. Just get that 80% out, you know, most of the time, try not to, and that is really going to get us where we want to go. And it sends a signal to the stores where you are, that you want more glass, you want more reusables, you want better products. And um, those signals, the stores are paying attention.
0: I've got a friend who sent me a, uh, a reusable water bottle that I've gotten in the habit of using because I used yeah. to go through cases of those plastic water bottles. And you don't think a thing about it. You actually, for the longest time, I diluted myself because I thought, Oh, I'm drinking more water. I'm doing a good thing. Well, maybe not so much. And so she sent me a reusable metal water bottle. And the secret is the water tastes better in that metal water bottle. I don't yep. know why, but it's a good well, thing.
1: Plastic does interact with our food, Burke. like it does, right? It's we measure phthalates and by this, by, by this was, I don't know if I'm selling saying it right, but like BPA and things like that, the CDC measures that every year they do a sample. Um, and there is widespread um, traces of plastic chemicals in all of our bodies. Yeah, widespread. little itty
0: bitty particles. That's right. That's right. And
1: um, it, it is having health effects. Fertility is going down about 1% a year. Plastic production is going up 1% of the year. Researchers do not think this is a coincidence. It is. It, it really is um, affecting our health.
0: The book is called Bag Lady. Lisa Foster is the author. It comes out on Earth Day, April 22nd. And she uh, just sort of single-handedly converted Americans away from plastic bags into the reusables that many of us see in the store today. Uh, and and she's been called an eco-entrepreneur, which I love. If if someone who's, who's watching or listening today um, wants to do something that they're very passionate about, I wonder, like you did, because this was this started off yep. as a thing for you, it was a cause, and then it became a very successful business. Is, is there a piece of advice or a couple of pieces of advice, Lisa, that you could give uh, to someone to help them sort of get where you are, to get them started, to follow their passion?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think what's really important is to balance that that passion with data, with testing, with consumer testing, right? So the best book I can say is really the tipping point for Malcolm Gladwell. That will give you a blueprint. Read my book. It really is a blueprint for how to start a business, how to think like a brand, how to think like an entrepreneur, how to start small, test your concept, manage your cash flow. And sustainably grow up because a lot of these companies you we were talking about, these companies have put a lot of money in two or three years in, if they haven't proven their concept, if they haven't really gotten out where they are, they can be stuck with a huge amount of debt. And that's where so many of them, just when they're starting to ramp up, go under right. because they can't manage it. Right. So you have to go at a pace that is sustainable. You have to really be watching it every single day and knowing where you're going and knowing what your next move is before it comes. So, you know, read up, you know, read my book, read Malcolm Gladwell, um, read all of those, um, all of the books on entrepreneurship, but just start. You don't need to go to school. Um, You just need that fire that's going to get you up every day. If you get up every day and work on it every day, you can't, it's not going to sell itself, right? Your idea Tell everyone, get it out there. And if it's going to take, it's going to take and it'll take you with it.
0: And it sure has taken you to some great green places. The book is called Bag Lady. The author is Lisa Foster. It comes out on Earth Day. It's available now for pre-order, though. You can go ahead and pre-order it at Amazon.com and uh, wherever books are sold. Then you'll have a, a fresh copy when it comes out. Uh, ebook as well uh, for Bag Lady with Lisa Foster. Hey, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I don't know the answer to this question, but if if people wanted to have you um, maybe come in and speak to a woman's entrepreneurship uh, class, or or, or you know, do some sort of business coaching, because you kind of stumbled onto a real thing here? Is there a way that they can find you online?
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's you know, when I sold my company, I started helping other companies and started coaching, and I do that kind of thing. I I go and work with companies and implementing emotional intelligence and really focusing on people to improve their bottom line. So they just have to go to my website, which is um, Lisa, sorry, my website is www.lisadfostercoach.com. You have to have the D, there's a lot of Lisa Fosters out there. So lisadfostercoach.com. Good. And the links, I think Kathy, I think Kathy was just saying the links are um, in the, the chat. links are posted in the Facebook comments. So if you're on Facebook now, you can go there. Um, Burke, do you have the link somewhere else too? Yep. On your and podcast? we'll post
0: those on our Big Time Talker podcast as well. And you can find Lisa then at Lisa D, as in dog, Lisa D Foster Coach com, and maybe she can rub a little bit of that green magic on you.
1: A little inspiration goes a long way. What
0: a fascinating, remarkable story. I appreciate you sharing it with us today. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much, Burke. I'm really delighted. It was really fun for me.
0: That's author Lisa Foster. Now you can add that to your resume. Author Lisa Foster, that has a nice ring to it.
1: Not the too bad for is- an English major.
0: <laughs> That's right. You taught English for a long time. You deserve this. Bag Lady is the book, Lisa D. Foster is the author and you can find her online at lisa d foster the book is bag lady and it talks about the uh, the revolution away from plastic bags to reusable bags and grocery stores lisa was right there in the forefront of it thanks for being a part of the program today
1: thanks for having me
0: and thank you for being here we really do appreciate it thank you to our sponsor speakermatch.com, and thanks to our friends at headline books and their zoom into books platform For the Big Time Talker podcast in our studios here in Washington, D.C., I'm Burke Allen. Thank you for being here. Now go out there and make it a great day. Bye, everybody.